Hey everybody, this is Dan Kurtzke, and I'm Chad Bokelman, and this is the Lantern Cast, episode 166. Yep, our Chad Stravaganza. <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, you tell me to name things on the spot. This is what you're getting. <laughs> Which. <laughs> would you rather? Would you rather I name it the Jim Ford way and be like, it's the episode of Palooza with extra awesomeness sauce. The end. <laughs> Sonic rules. Sonic rules. Ah <laughs> uh, no, because <laughs> I think if you categorize it as the Chad Chad of Palooza, you know they. I'd expect the level of quality you get when I lead the bus the rest of the time. Oh. Not that I lead the bus the rest of the time. I'm talking about the episodes in which I lead the bus. <laughs> Man. I don't know where this lead the bus metaphor I'm, came from. I was going to say, I've never heard this before in my life. Why are we on a bus now? <laughs> of all the things you could be the leader of, like, like is that is our show a bus in, in terms of metaphorical vehicles? Like, that's... I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, depends. It's probably the the bus from the Muppet movie. Could we be like a double-decker train? Because those are pretty cool. I don't know. I kind of like the Muppet movie bus. (laughs) Yeah, but listen. Listen, if we're a double-decker train, then we can be really cool even though we only go so many places. I think that's us. (laughs) Uh, Are you you classifying us as cool, though? Self-classification as cool? I, the, is that an automatic uncool? Is that what that is? <laughs> That's what I've been told. Is that like trying to give yourself your own nickname? Is it just not pretty, happened? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've been told, Chad, <laughs> if you have to call yourself cool, you're not cool. Man, you know, this is going marginally well. That probably means we're going we're gonna to lose this episode, too. <laughs> I'm recording on my end, too, but... Uh, <clears throat> you never know. Uh, Dan's got some technical sound issues. I'm, I've been told I'm printing something in 1995. That's what the sound behind me sounds like. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> if you guys hear the high-pitched whine in the background, you know those reams? Remember when printers used to have the little perforated edges you had to take off, and it was in reams of paper and not just sheets, and it made a high-pitched printing sound that's that's what that sounds like to me so yes dan is printing something in 1995 this is what we're talking about right now we're talking about paper stock from over a decade ago maybe we do need jim jesus (laughs) comic talk (laughs) comic talk (laughs) so hey comics Uh, comics everybody (laughs) uh where do you want to start i don't know that you were you were you mentioned something about trinity war before this now i have not I've seen covers, and I know, like, like things you could count on one hand about this thing. So, like, is Trinity War over? No. Uh, <sighs> I'm sad to say I'm picking up the issues of Trinity War. Like, buying, because... are, are, you, are you buying them, or? Yes. <gasps> yes. Be <sighs> by beating I'm heart. Not... I'm not buying the tie-ins, though. Those I am downloading at my leisure, like the Phantom Stranger and uh, Pandora and that kind of stuff. But um, the actual issues of Trinity War, I've been uh, buying 
And I think they're, as of this recording, which is obviously, you know, by the time they hear this... By the time they hear this, I'm at Dragon Con. <laughs> by the time they hear this, uh, A Forever Evil is probably already in softcover format. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, as of right now, uh, me speaking, issue four just came out not too long ago. So um, apparently the ramifications of Trinity War leading into Forever Evil is spoilers if you guys don't want to hear it. So, I don't know, fast forward or skip it to an appropriate length of time. I don't know. Just use your best guess. Somehow, the Justice League goes away, and maybe all heroes in general, I don't know, um, but the crime syndicate comes to Earth and starts to take over, which causes, of course, the villains to rise up since they're the only ones left to defend. So I'm guessing that means all heroes are gone. I don't know. Um, but somehow the crime syndicate shows up and the you know Earth heroes of the DC, or the, the Earth heroes of the DCU have to go up against the crime syndicate. Now, the reason I bring it up in terms of a Green Lantern show is because of whole film in the pre new 52 the volume was what the wizard or whatever who gave crime syndicate their powers yep so this magical mystical box that pandora has which if you've been reading trinity war and i don't know if you want me to spoil this and i'll go for it okay Supposedly, they were under the impression that the Greek gods or the Roman pantheon, one of the two, created Pandora's box, and uh, Wonder Woman went to confront, um, what is it, Hephaestus, whoever the guy is who makes all the magical, mystical Greek weaponry and stuff like that. Well, it's supposedly the panda or the Pandora's quote-unquote box is a mystery even to Zeus himself. So... Maybe this is another artifact from this other universe. Maybe it was created by Volthum or whatever the equivalent of the wizard who gave them their powers in the Earth-3 universe is. I don't know. Because remember when uh, Volthum showed up in the Guardians uh, on Maltus when Krona was looking back or was about to look back or whatever, he showed up with Lantern. So maybe this is the same type of thing. It's some sort of alternate universe thing with souls and evil or whatever. Anyways, we've already. My point being, we've already had a kind of reference to Earth Three and a crime syndicate in Green Lantern mythos, and now crime syndicate is actually showing up in the New Fifty Two <laughs> universe. So maybe there's. Uh, and since Jeff Johns is writing it, maybe there's some sort of tie-in with Volthoom and where Volthoom came from. So, Is he writing Forever Evil? Um, let me check because I have an issue previous to me and some dog ear pages in D.C. Uh, let's see. I'm looking... Uh, That's not that. There it is. Uh, Forever Evil number two, written by Jeff Johns, art and cover by David Finch. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So he is writing Forever Evil. And hey, remember, 
I called out my guess a few episodes back that uh that ring that Ganthet puked up that Volthoom apparently wanted I, that that went off and escaped back to wherever the hell I think that's going to be on Power Ring's finger. Uh, Pat, yes, Power Ring is going to be there. Um, Ultraman, Owlman, uh, Woman, that's her name, right? Superwoman? Yep. Okay. Um, Johnny Quick, and I think one or two others. Uh, but the, the most notable difference is now there's Deathstorm. I was going to say, yep. And I guess of the three of us, I'm the biggest Firestorm fan. I don't know. Oh, I yeah, I like I I mean I like Firestorm, but I don't like him as much as you do. Okay, yeah. So Deathstorm's gonna show up, although whether he'll be talking and saying things like um, bitching or I don't know or bad. What what is it? What is it he said when he first up? Oh, guy, it was some. I, I was gonna, it was some was stupid nineties yeah, I was gonna say sweet cheeks, but that's that's um that big fury, you know, Volt Voltron type Firestorm monster yeah. that was in the news too. <laughs> yeah, he's it's like whatever like whatever the nineties equivalent of Jive Turkey is, he would say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't it's unclear, but uh yeah. So anyways, just uh bring that up as possible <laughs> implications. Uh Jeff Johns thus far has or is writing the two Crime Syndicate references in the New 52, so maybe they're tied. Oh, most likely. Yeah. Hey, hey, how as a Firestorm fan, how do you feel <clears throat> about the idea of like of Deathstorm being kind of repurposed as another Earth evil version of Firestorm? Well, I'm, I'm with it, but only because I'm also a Green Lantern fan. I never really liked the idea of Deathstorm being leftover Black Lantern energy type thing, and I didn't like that. Okay. It just it just didn't make any any sense to me whatsoever. But you know, if it's in, in, in al- an alternate universe, it seems that makes that that's okay. I mean, yeah, it seems cleaner this way. Yeah, it does. I know some Firestorm fans who are upset about the idea. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe just because Deathstorm's back at all. Because hmm. there were some people who didn't like him. But that first when he first appeared in in Brightest Day, that one-page splash of him, that was... Oh, God, I wish I had the original art for that. It's so cool. Hmm. I thought he looked pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he's he, he's definitely a cool-looking character. Like, he, he really fits with the zombie motif really well. And, like, they, they have, like, the blue kind of gaslight flame on top of his head. It's, it's, he is, he's a really well-designed character. The very first uh, uh, commission I got from Scott Collins was... Well, Deathstorm hadn't made his appearance, but it was a Black Lantern Firestorm. Mm. So, yeah, you I gave got, them the idea. <laughs> so that's right. Um, so yeah, I just you know, I thought we'd bring that up. This is probably not going to be too much of a Green Lantern episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. I haven't read any Green Lanterns since the twenties. <laughs> uh, I've read, I think, a couple. I think. I don't think I've read all of the 21s. I've read most of them. And I've read the Flash Annual. Yeah, oh, I did get the Flash Annual. I didn't read that either, but I have it. $5. Yeah, well, I got it through DCBS, so it was considerably less than that. 
<laughs> just to a regular comic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. I don't know. Um, I, have, I have a stack that's building up. <laughs> I'll get to so it eventually. So what have you been reading, Dan? <laughs> wow, that's a random question. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We're terrible at segues. You should know this by now. I have doubt some of you are listening to episode 166 of the Lantern Cast as your first episode. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know, I was actually just looking at it. We're all, if you count everything, we're like three episodes away from like 200. Yep. This is number 197. Nice. Nice. Go, go us. <laughs> so three, oh. three more, and then we can stop, right? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Good. Um, no, I mean, I've I haven't been reading all that much lately. I mean, I've been the only like monthly comics I've really been making an attempt to keep up with are uh, the Bendis X books, <clears throat> and even then, like I'm I'm a few issues behind all new X Men, and I I'm playing catch up with his Uncanny because like. I don't know. It's like I have all of them except number three. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna want to read these all straight through. So I'm just getting, I'm getting that issue tomorrow, kind of thing. It's, it's, it's just really, really well done, character driven, ensemble comics. And I'm, he's just, he's having so much fun just playing in that world and playing with characters and how they would react to each other in the, these weird situations. So I'm, I'm getting a good deal of enjoyment out of that. But like everything else. Like all I'm, all I'm getting anymore, <clears throat> are those two, two Marvel books, the Lantern books, which I'm laying pile up until I feel like reading them again, because I know I know me. Eventually, I'm going to just wake up one day and go, hey, I kind of want to catch up, and then I'm just going to marathon it. So I might as well get the issues cheap now while they're on DCBS. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's actually it. <clears throat> You said you were reading the X stuff. Um, I might, I might buy a Marvel book. What? Um, <laughs> coming up pretty soon uh, because of the news out of San Diego about there being some sort of X Men title with Firestar in it. Yes, the um, Amazing X Men. I think it's going to be called. It's like, yeah, I'm a big fan of Firestar. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to want to check that out and just see what that's about. Maybe for. Two, three issues, something like that. Yeah. Hell, it's it's got Firestar and Iceman in the Amazing X Men. So it's it's literally it's like two thirds of Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. I have no idea when it's coming out. It's not even listed in this month's preview, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, it's a good, it's a great creative team too. Ed McGinnis is drawing it, and <clears throat> excuse me, Ed McGinnis is drawing it, and um, Jason Aaron is writing it, and he. I've read like the first like couple years of his Wolverine and the X Men run. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. He has such a perfect sense of humor and like he's he's great for he really embraces the weirdness of the X Men, but not in the uh, the kind of inaccessible Grant Morrison way that turns a lot of people off. He just he has fun with it and knows how to take it just seriously enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down for the first issue, at least when it's listed. Um, we'll do the standard, like, three-issue test or something. I, for me, the first issue sucks terribly. I'm not even going to give the second one a chance to get better. But my standard is two issues, so... Oh, yeah. We'll see how this. I don't know how 
much it's going to be, though. So, yeah, that, that'll, that might factor into it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a $3 book because Jason Aaron's other book is around that price point. And, like, I think they, I think, I think the two Bendis books are put are a uh, dollar more, but they just use mm-hmm. like his name and the flag their flagship book kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, I've just kind of I've been I feel like I've been falling out of comics, you know. It's like, mm. like everybody, like you always hear that story of people who are like, oh yeah, I I was into comics a lot when I was younger, and then around high school or college I fell out of it, and now that I'm in my thirties, I'm back to it. And like I never, I never had that. Like I learned to read, then I around, and then I started reading comics, and then here we are today. So like right. I, I never had that break. So like I don't know. I, I feel like I'm I'm getting more like I think you even mentioned it in a blog post where you were talking about how like how we're so like hyper aware <clears throat> of how the sausage is made kind of thing now. So it's it's harder to to keep from getting jaded about stuff, you know, like, like it's like a bad story. Isn't just a bad story anymore. It's like, it's like a, a terrible corporate decision on behalf of these companies. You know, it's like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What he's referring to people in shameless self-promotion, but, um, there, there's a podcast that both Dan and I listen to called the Fire and Water Podcast. The two hosts, uh, Robert uh, Kelly and uh, Shag Matthews, who run Aquaman Shrine dot com and FirestormFan.com, respectively. Um, they had a debate about, you know, I'm just not that excited about comics anymore, and then finding your comics nostalgia and what makes you happy, and you know, blah blah blah. Uh, and um, so I wrote a response to that, and basically what I said. Uh, if you guys don't want to read it, but it's up. It's the most recent post over at coreconjecture.blogspot.com uh, as of right now. And um, basically what I said was the reason you pe- we're feeling event fatigue, even though, quote, unquote, the Trinity War is the first official uh, event of the new DC New 52 is because it's not really. We've had crossovers in, in each individual title, or families of titles have had, have had crossovers. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Batman, with your <laughs> Court of Owls and Death of the Family and Superman with Hell on Earth and Green Lantern stuff with Rise of the Third Army and Wrath of the First Lantern. And there are official, quote-unquote, events going on right now, but this is just the first build as an event event. Um, you know, and if they're not part of some multi book crossover then each comic book has its own storyline that lasts much longer than it should like five or six seven eight issues for the trade essentially uh so it's just it's becoming a cluster and then we we, and what dan was saying about pulling the, the veil back dc is making some fucking ridiculous decisions right now um creatively who they're hiring what directions they want to go in and honestly most of that stuff we as fans should should probably just toss aside and just go. You know what? You know this is you know someone's bitching about getting fired or something. But honestly, it's been happening so much with DC right now lately that I don't think it's just suddenly an uptick in us knowing about what's going on behind the curtain at DC. I think DC is screwing up so much that it's finally starting to come out. We're basically it's a whole we're hearing too much for any of for for the majority of it to not be true. And it's all basically along the same lines. So it's just, it's a whole, 
the big two are treating people like crap and it's more corporate and money driven than good storytelling driven and george perez has now gone exclusive to what boom yeah boom so and in in his reasoning for going exclusive to boom is because the big two are are too obsessed with their bottom line and what sells a comic rather than good creative storytelling that I mean, that's basically boiling, boiling down his exact quote, which is in the blog post, down to what its bare essence was. That is his reasoning for going exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've I've never had any delusions about like I, I I've always I've always been aware that like DC and Marvel are big companies. So like and like they're doing what they're doing because it makes them money. You know, it's I. But at the same time, I ask myself, you know, if if the internet and Facebook and Twitter were a thing in 1998, would I have looked at the comics I was enjoying then the same way, you know? Or is it, like... I don't know, because I, I, always, I always say, like, like what you know, everything else aside, all that matters is if you're making good comics. And, mm. and my thing, like, it's not even so much event fatigue for me. It's just that I just... I'm at a point in my life I don't want to read stuff that's mediocre. And there, right. there are like, <clears throat> there are like some legitimately really good series coming out of both Marvel and DC, mm. but it's like, like DC especially like, at the time of the New Fifty Two, like I got on the show every single week or however often we recorded, and and just gave them the benefit of the doubt to the nth degree, and it ended up kind of just being yeah they didn't. If they had a plan, it wasn't very far in advance, or they didn't really have a plan and just decided to see how it worked out. Yeah. Um, Dan and I were talking about just talking about what we're reading right now. So I went and grabbed what I'm reading right now. One Vertigo title, one, uh, two Dark Horse titles, and one IDW title. That's And I, I am reading some DC Marvel, or not, not even Marvel anymore, but... Uh, some DC titles, but I'm not paying money for them. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Get on me, Chad, at LanternCast.com for why I shouldn't be doing that, but whatever. Um, the, but bottom line is I'm going to pay money. It's 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 like same same thing with people who download and pirate music. I want to listen to those songs because they're popular, but when my favorite artist comes out with something I love, I don't give a shit that the CD that the CD format is quote unquote outdated. I will go buy the latest Linkin Park CD to show my support for my band. You know what I mean? Same with comics. If there's something out there I really really like, I'm going to make a point to go buy it. Even though I don't have you know any room in long boxes or anything like that right now, you know? So, I will make a point to buy the stuff I like. And right now, I'm not buying any DC or Marvel or Big Two stuff other than Trinity War just because I'm curious, and I'm not even buying the tie-ins. I'm just buying the 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 main series. Yeah, well, you need the Phantom Stranger for your Phantom Stranger podcast. No, it's not happening. Not happening. <laughs> but, but the books I'm the, the books I'm reading, um, The Wake from Vertigo by uh, Scott Snyder and Sean Sean Gordon Murphy, Sean Murphy, just Sean Murphy. That was um, a, Sean... That's the punk rock Jesus guy, right? Yes, Sean Murphy wrote and drew Punk Rock Jesus, uh, and uh, I loved the hell out of that story. I, Dan, I, were you the one who read that as well? Have you read it? No, I have not. The trade is out, soft cover. You don't even have to worry about hardcover. Black and white, paper stock. It's awesome. It's amazing. Go get it. Is it printed um, on that 
Is it printed on 1995 printer paper with the reams you have to take off? No. <laughs> uh, well, but, but <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> it's basic. I, I got into it because, um, one, I love Sean Murphy's stuff ever since Punk Rock Jesus, and I wanted to support, like I was saying, support favorite artist, writer. Uh, and Snyder, I read an interview saying, hey, yeah, you guys like my Batman stuff, blah, blah, blah. But basically, Vertigo said, do what you want and go nuts. And I was like, if I'm liking Batman and this is just Snyder going nuts <laughs> and doing whatever he wants to do, I'm going to read it. And so far, I haven't been let down. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, Captain Midnight from Dark Horse, reviving an old comic story, uh, Golden Age type hero. It's awesome. It's kind of like Captain America, but more brutal, maybe. Kind of secret agent agent twist uh, with some time travel involved through the Bermuda Triangle. It's freaking cool. <laughs> uh, Three-issue miniseries that just wrapped up by Steve Niles and Dave Wachter called Breath of Bones. Freaking amazing. Takes place, I believe, during World War One, two, something like that. Um, one of the two. And it's basically the tale, the, the Jewish legend of the golem who protects a, a, town, a, a town of residents or something from invading uh, Nazis or something like that. Um, and IDW's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, one of their micro-series where they're just doing one single issue one-shots of spotlighting the history of one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle villains. It's called their Villains Micro-series. Nice. I have, a, I have most of the ones for the good guys. Those are good. There, there are creative teams on this. Like, like the... The art, the artist on the Leonardo issue, if that was the guy drawing the regular series, I would be reading that series. Well, what I like about the micro series, particularly with this villains ones, is they are just one shots. I mean, I get the, that the format, if it's about the villains, you know, that that's obviously what makes the most sense. But still, they're one shots. Nobody, nobody really publishes one shots anymore. Yeah. But here, here I've got in my hand a, a single issue all about Krang, a single issue all about Baxter Stockman, a single issue about all uh, Old Hob, and a single issue about Alopex, which both of those two I've never heard of in my life before. <laughs> so, and, and I, uh, this issue of previews we'll be going through in a little bit. There's a single issue that does both Bebop and Rocksteady, like. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? I'm not even. I'm not even reading any of the IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff right now. I'm not reading any of it, but I'm reading the Villains micro series because it's awesome. And the 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 creative team, it's different on every issue. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like if you got like the trade of this thing, because I think they did a trade for the first set about the good guys. Like mm -hmm. you've essentially got like like a really cool like like, anthology book with, like, an indie feel to it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's that's the kind of stuff I'm going to put my money behind. Yeah, I mean... Sorry, I, DC. Sorry, Marvel. But that's what I'm going to put my money behind. Yeah. I mean, I've, in all honesty, there will be a time sometime next year where I do get, like, a stack of trades of, like, Batman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman yeah. and all that stuff. But it's like, mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm, I just... There's no point in following it month to month if I'm not excited enough to follow it month to month. Right. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And it's... They, I mean, they, and they do they do uh, six-issue story arcs anyway, so you might as well wait for the trade. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not quite that cynical yet, I don't think. It's, mm. it's like, but like, yeah. I think, I think the way they're treating their creators has, has made the six-issue story arc thing a bigger deal to me than it is. It's kind of like I'm thinking negatively about all of this other stuff. I might as well make that one of the negatives, too. Yeah. 
man. I gotta tell you though, I've I've I kind of I've started filling the comic void in my life with like with video games more and more. <laughs> <laughs> I just <clears throat> I just recently got uh, Injustice: Gods Among Us. It's like the Mortal Kombat style DC game. Right. And like you know, you've got like <clears throat> you've got like this like really eclectic character set like like all like everybody's in there who you would expect to be in there and then they have people like killer frost and aries and like it's just it's weird it's a, a, a firestorm villain no less made it in there firestorm did but you know <laughs> um, that's kind of what, how it's been with firestorm killer frost will show up in everything and firestorm will only show up in a third of that <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah hal jordan is a playable character and like like I'm playing this thing. He has alternate like costumes and stuff, so he can look like the Red Sun Hal Jordan with like the fl- the old timey flight suit and all this stuff. There's a John Stewart alternate skin, and they brought in Phil Lamar to do the voice, so just like redub all of the lines from the last guy. So it's like I'm playing as this guy. I'm hearing Phil Lamar's voice talking to me as John Stewart. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> right. Yeah, I gotcha. It's. I, I wish I could play that stuff. I really want to, but I just can't. I can't play that stuff without getting motion sickness. So. Oh well. <clears throat> I hear Scribble Knots is cool though. I, I I don't even know if that's out yet, but that's. There's supposedly like like any Green Lantern you can name. They programmed into that thing. <laughs> I might play that. That's 2D, right? <laughs> yeah. Side scroll 2D. Yeah, that's 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 right. That's more my speed. <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm filling my I'm filling my time with uh, geek related movies and uh, and TV shows. Like uh, Best Buy had a special, so I got all of uh, the Big Bang Theory, which okay. I've been want- wanting for a while, but I haven't haven't had the time to get it or the money or anything like that. <laughs> and just happened to have a little a, a very very small amount of uh, extra cash, and I was like, well, okay, <laughs> might as well catch up on Big Bang Theory. So I've been watching that. And then, uh, like, they're starting to re-release a lot of... And we'll go through this when we get to previews. But they're starting to re-release a lot of older geek stuff, like uh, Captain America, the 1990 movie on oh, Blu-ray oh, came Jesus out. Oh, Jesus Christ. I've never seen it, so I'm like, well, I'll get that at some point, did you know? You, oh, so, okay, I was going to say, did you watch it yet? <laughs> I haven't, so... God. Oh. But yeah, it's, a lot of geek stuff is coming out. I'm like, well, I might as well catch up on some of that. Yes. Can I tell you the stupid thing I did a few months ago? Okay. <laughs> the so <laughs> is another member of our show expecting a child? <laughs> no, no. Although after playing the Walking Dead game, I I think I need to have a daughter and name her Clementine. But that's that's for another day. <laughs> See, play that game if possible. It's kind of two D ish. It looks like a, whatever. Just play Walking Dead. You'll love it. Um. But uh, you you know the Avengers movie briefcase. Okay. You remember, you you know what this is right? It's like that that uh that case that Coulson has in like the cube is in it in the movie and like that's oh. the thing they're chasing. Well, when they they I I don't know if it was a convention exclusive thing or whatever, but they made like this uh collector's edition. Like it's the briefcase. You open it up. It has the cosmic cube in it that lights up, and it's got like like all of the Marvel movies up till now in it on Blu-ray. And I like they recalled that, did they? Yeah, I thought. I mean, I, I thought they announced it and then took it back because they didn't have the co- at the time they <laughs> solicited it. The design they were going with for the briefcase was copyrighted, and they didn't have oh, the ability yeah, yeah, to yes. reproduce it. 
Maybe they re- maybe they redesigned it and re-released that's... it or got the copyright approval. I don't know. No, that's that's what they did because like originally it was modeled after an actual briefcase that a company made. So okay. they ended up like just redoing the outer shell, but they did put it out the ultra version. Okay. They put it out, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll never own that. And then a few months ago, I was just trolling Amazon for no reason, and so they had like this. I don't even remember how much it was, but it was this like insane deal on it. So I'm like, you know what? Yes. So I got it. It's sitting in my room right now. I do not own a Blu-ray player. <laughs> no, that, that okay. That's that. That's totally fine with me. I had four seasons of Fringe, the two seasons of uh, Game of Thrones, um, Green Lantern on Blu-ray, a few other selected. Uh, I had Firefly and Serenity on Blu-ray. I had a couple other things on Blu-ray. Uh, the I had the Ultimate Matrix Blu-ray collector set. Didn't have a Blu-ray player. <laughs> that makes me feel better because I also did the same thing for a bundle of every Fox Marvel movie. <laughs> half of which I haven't seen. The other half I don't really like. But it's like, you know, they're so cheap. So I've, I've got a pile of, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 10, 11, 12. I've got like 16 Blu-rays across the room. No way to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, you know what they need to do is they need to come out with a website that allows you to like ship them your DVD copies for like eight nine bucks off a purchase of a Blu-ray copy of the same movie, something like that. Because I really I've, I've, look the the movies I have right now, uh, be it on Blu-ray or DVD, most of the DVD, most most of DVD. The reason I still have them is because I used to have double the amount I currently have, but every time I got short on money, I would take them to this place called Buybacks and get cash for the ones I didn't really want anymore just so I could have some money. Hmm. So the ones that I currently have are obviously the leftover ones of my giant original collection, and I kept them because I obviously like them. Yeah. So I, I want to take everything I have now and convert it to Blu-ray. I think <laughs> I don't know if it still exists, but there used to be a website that basically did that. Like, you... You mail them in your DVD, and they they mail you a Blu-ray or something. I forget how it works, but it was it's, it was basically what you're talking about. But I don't know if it's still around. Mm-hmm. I didn't take particular note at the time because until a few months ago, I lived very firmly in a world where I don't give a shit about Blu-ray. It's not a big enough improvement, yada yada. I'll just I'll just watch stuff digitally, this and that. And then the Avengers briefcase happened, so that's all gone out yeah. the window. <laughs> I, I didn't even need. I don't even need the briefcase or special special collector's edition. Watch Avengers on DVD and then watch Avengers on Blu-ray. I'm not talking with added scenes or anything. Just watch like the the DVD menu to watch the colors and Christmas crispness of the uh, the uniforms oh. and the details <laughs> on like the Chitauri. Like, yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> watch Avengers on DVD. Watch Avengers on Blu-ray. Tell me it's not that big of a difference. The, I know, because the day Avengers came to Netflix, I watched it, and I still, like, really enjoyed it, but at the same time, it kind of, it kind of lost something on the small screen, as in, like, standard, as, like, a standard-looking movie, mm-hmm. and it, it was one of those where, like, I, I, for the first time, became aware of, like, like, how, I, I don't want to say how low-budget parts of it looked, but, like, you could tell, like, it, it wasn't up to par all the way through kind of thing and but so like i'm really like i've heard you praise the blu-ray version of avengers before so like i'm really 
looking forward to like seeing <clears throat> what it looks like in, through this new lens and 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 like that's a big part of it was like this was also honestly the cheapest way because if if I had gotten these individually I would have ended up paying more than I did for this collection so I'm like okay you know what worth it right see that that's my that's my first project I can do that is is uh, go back and get all the uh, Phase One Marvel stuff on Blu-ray because the only Phase One Marvel stuff I have is Avengers on Blu-ray. So I now, now now I have to go back because when when Iron Man three comes out on Blu-ray when I can afford it I'll go get it. But I have Iron Man one and two on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously I want to get it on Blu-ray. So it's it's a whole thing. I know. Now the real question: Should I get the Green Lantern movie on Blu-ray? <laughs> it's the only way you're gonna get the extended cut. Do I really need the extended cut? <laughs> no, but at the same time, the the blacks are blacker and the greens are more like electric and you know crisp. So I mean, I, I know I know a big criticism of the Green Lantern movie was some of the CGI was finished. But in a way, I thought it was kind of cool looking. It was kind of slick and spacey. My my big complaint about the Green Lantern movie was not the CGI. <laughs> oh, you know, I I think a lot of that movie actually looked better than people give it credit for. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I think. And, and you will appreciate the Green Lantern movie more if you can see all the good stuff. The way it was meant to be seen. <laughs> all right, all right. I guess so. Even if I have to sit through the same Martin Jordan death scene twice, why not? Uh, I think it's. Or is it Hal crashing? I don't remember. Uh, no, I think it's like three times. I don't know. Jesus Christ! It's like, we... and you get to see his mom for like half a second, and you can see Hal talk to his uh, nephew for for five more extra minutes. Yeah, doesn't he swallow a glow ball or something? It's it's pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he he eats one of those Green Lantern coconut snowballs. Oh God! Ah, oh, <laughs> I've never liked snowballs. Ugh. You haven't tried the green ones. They're filled wow. with willpower. <laughs> uh, oh God, that's the other thing. It's like I might be, I might not be big on Green Lantern comics right now, but like all this other non-comic stuff is really just like making my world happy. Like, cause like I've got the Phil Lamar, John Stewart game dealy going on here, and I have recently finally <clears throat> come into possession of my. <laughs> <laughs> of my one-to-one scale prop le- replica Green Lantern power battery. It is in my house. It is right behind me. It is sitting on a literal pedestal, as it should, and it is amazing. Does it light up? <clears throat> it does. How bright? Not very bright. It's the kind not, of... Like, not bright enough, then. Not bright enough. I'm going to hook it up to a generator or something. <laughs> <clears throat> it's It's like... Like you can't like I wouldn't walk around using it as a light source, but like if if like you have like, like Sheldon does, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't. You you might not. maybe past iterations were brighter. I don't know, but like with this one, like it's it's the kind of thing where like if the lights are out or like turned down, it it's bright enough, you know. And even if the lights are all on or it's daytime, you can still see. Like because it's in like like a cone kind of thing, like there's enough shadow that you can tell it's glowing. But I'm just impressed, like, I 
Like, I saw the measurements and everything before I ordered it, but it's actually a lot bigger and a lot heavier than I thought it would be. And, like, so, like, I feel like I got, I ended up getting more for my money than I thought I was going to. It's, it's, it's great. I love this thing. I look, I look at it and I smile. <laughs> I, I think it's cool again. But at the same time, but I don't know why. But I feel like if I'm going to have a green engine power battery, when I stay my ring, it better find the hell out of everybody. <laughs> like, it, it's a space power source, like, made of pure willpower. It should just be, like, glowing enough to blind somebody. <laughs> yes, but it's, it's, it's running on, like, like Earth double a batteries <laughs> i mean maybe it's because it's like some weird brand x battery i think they're like it's one of those weird no-name battery brands that just have like a picture of a lightning bolt on the side so maybe that's why it's not glowing that brightly <laughs> i'm sure it's easy to replace the bulb and increase the wattage of the cords or whatever and, you it, know increase the wattage of the cords no in, increase like the the I don't know what what you would call it. like the the ability the, the wires within so that they can hold uh, a bigger charge like have, have more electricity running electricity running through it I don't know yeah divert so, divert power from the warp nacelles so that we can <laughs> we can get the 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 subspace window open take your glowing working cosmic cube from your case <laughs> stick it in the lantern to power the battery that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna <laughs> open the case I'm gonna connect it to the battery with jumper cables and just watch what happens. <laughs> Cosmic Cube meets Green Lantern power battery. Oh, no, I still, I still to this day, and, and it's like, it used to be 160 bucks. I think the last time I looked, it was like 90, maybe 80 bucks. I'm telling you, man, that Green Lantern uh, Emerald Energy movie statue where like Hal is flying up and punching the air and there's this green fist around that yeah. statue is still my creme de la creme of Green Lantern stuff that, that's what I want more than the power battery <laughs> did you say it's gone up or gone down it was 160 I think the last time I checked it was like 89, 79, something like that holy shit if you go to Amazon.com it's on there grab it when, yeah. you, when you can afford it yeah I'll see it never, um, but that's yeah that's that's my print because I it's got like a felt bottom, but the the green energy um, resin or whatever that that uh, that is swirling around him is kind of translucent <laughs> so I can't help but think like if I somehow like sand the felt off the bottom of that thing and put a light under it that whole thing would just light up and it oh. just looks so cool. And even if you couldn't get it directly underneath, like if you had like, depending on how it's displayed. Yeah. Like the Saint Walker statue I have from the animated series, it's, he's kind of sitting on the same thing where his base has like, like the, like this like watery kind of like wispy, blue, like it's like transparent blue tinted, like energy supporting him. So it's like it's kind of the same thing. I really like that, like that is like a theme with their statues. <laughs> Apparently, I reverted as a kid. I didn't think light up shoes were cool, but now I want everything to light up. Like, the, <laughs> like they, uh, they did like the miniature little kryptonite thing, light up kryptonite. Have yeah. you seen that? Yes, it's like ten bucks. I've got that in my display case right now. It's like three feet from me. <laughs> I just have to open the door to grab it. I think it's cool. You didn't it's even want. 
It's a tiny little piece of plastic for ten bucks. It's kryptonite in this little, you know, mock display case. You, it's run on like a little watch battery. You flip a cheap plastic switch, and the kryptonite lights up. And I think it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> you didn't even want it. You just saw shiny and grabbed it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like it's kryptonite glows. Kryptonite's supposed to glow a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, what else we want to talk about? I don't know. Right. Go off on shiny stuff. Shiny! <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. As a kid, I didn't want anything to glow. Now I want everything to glow. And if it already glows, it needs to glow brighter! <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, uh, we're sadly lacking Green Lantern Legos. I don't know why I wanted it. I, I, I saw all the, like, the... You got Iron Man and Avengers, and you got now all this Batman stuff and the Man of Steel Lego sets, and... There, I saw there's like a Lego set with Aquaman in it now, and yeah. like, like where the, where the hell is my Green Lantern Lego sets? Like, okay, the ring can create anything. Legos are a toy that you can create the set designed to create, or use the pieces to create anything. Yeah, and oddly, growing up, Ooh. I never had any green Legos. That's the one color they never had. Where the hell are my green lantern Legos? Did you Did you see they're making like a Lego movie that's coming out next year, and they're Lego using so cool. and they're using like all the different Lego properties? Like, there's gonna be like like Superman and Wonder Woman, Batman are in there, but and so is Green Lantern. That's freaking awesome. I like the, if you watch the preview, we're like. The, uh, in the trailer for the Lego movie where uh, the dude, one of the main character Legos following and then Batman flies by, Lego Batman flies by and catches him. He's like, cool plane or something, you know, does it come in, you know, some other color and Batman's like, I only work in black and sometimes very, very, very dark gray or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, sorry. I, I just, I, I was looking at some stuff behind me and I realized I don't have any Green Lantern Legos and I don't know why. I think they made like one Green Lantern Lego figure that goes for like a thousand dollars on eBay now because it's the only one they ever made. Well, they did make like a Green Lantern figurine. Like you could, you you. It wasn't like a set. It, it was. It was. <clears throat> it wasn't that big dumb thing that looked like a robot or something. Yeah, basically. That was yeah. It, it wasn't traditional Lego blocks. It was you. You built this odd-looking Lego thing into, like, a Green Lantern figure. That looks like something that as soon as you, like, like they would make it in a movie and they would switch it on, it would realize what it was and immediately kill itself. It looks <laughs> terrible. It's like, oh, my God, no. That doesn't count. All right. What now? I don't know. You had previews, right? I got previews. All right, so... Uh, Larfleet's report. I'm. I should really start organizing these more. But since, like I used to, but since we don't really plan when we're going to do the Larfleet's report anymore, <laughs> I apologize. Um, so just gonna go from what I dog-eared from front to back. So there's no discernible, you know, organization to this thing. Um, but uh, I got a couple of indie picks for you, and I was just talking about Captain Midnight. And told you it was uh, kind of like a, a revived um, Golden Age thing. Well, uh, since uh, Dark Horse is publishing a Captain uh, Midnight Current series, 
The Captain Midnight Archives, Volume 1 Hardcover, on sale December 4th, 50 bucks, 232 pages. Um, it's freaking awesome. Reprints of one of the greatest military superhero comics of the 1940s. So it's uh, it's freaking awesome. Uh, I, I don't know if... Uh, if it holds up, but uh, I like the current series, and if it's you know even loosely based <laughs> off the original, I think it's gonna be pretty uh, pretty cool to read. Yeah, and you know what? If it gets if it gets 1940s comics out there at an affordable price that you'd probably never otherwise never find, then you know definitely try it out. Yeah, the current stuff sure doesn't do that from the big two. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> Speaking of stuff that's less old but it's awesome, um, Nexus Omnibus Volume Four. I don't care. I've mentioned it before. I'll mention <laughs> it. And Nexus is awesome. And there's nothing better than these Nexus Omnibi because I swear to God, on sale December 11th, 424 pages, but it's kind of like a digest-sized book. Um, it's 424 pages of Mike <laughs> written, Steve Rude drawn. This is, comic books. this is classic comic books. When you hear people talking about great comic books from the 80s and 90s, Nexus is always on the list. Always. There's a reason for it. This reprints uh, Nexus Volume 2, issues 40 through 52, and the issue, the next Nexus, number one. All of that, 424 pages, 25 bucks. Full color. <laughs> uh, so it's a really thick digest. So you're essentially getting like a Nexus Bible. Yes. And it's it's amazing. Like, and the, there's nothing lost in translation. It's not like this stuff needs to be on a giant splash page artist edition. That'd be cool. But it would also be affordable. <laughs> now, Forever Evil number two by Jeff Johns uh, with art by David Finch. Now, the only reason I'm mentioning it because I really don't want to give props to DC for doing another event and marketing and blah, 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 is because on this particular cover, Dan, if you will pull up um, Forever Evil number two. Oh, geez. Cover. On a second here. It says cover, but it's got uh, Bizarro, Catwoman, Batman, Lex, Captain Cold, Black Manta, Black Adam, and Sinestro <clears throat> on the cover. With Lex Let's in the center. Uh, that's the Gotham tie-in. That's Harley. Forever Evil Load, number two. damn you. It's thinking about loading. Google that's, image search. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Is it is it the huge group shot or the smaller group shot? Okay. Smaller group shot. It's just got the characters I mentioned on it. Looks like they're busting yes. through a wall. Oh, Jeez. I I made I made the mistake of clicking on it to make it bigger. Okay, there it is. Bizarro's yes. in the top. Okay, what is the outfit that's? Uh, that would be his parallax armor. Interesting. Yes. <clears throat> uh, that's that's the only reason I'm bringing it up because. On Forever Evil number one director's cut, Sinestro is wearing his classic Sinestro Corps uniform. However, Forever Evil number two, which again, not final cover, but Forever Evil number two, the cover, Sinestro is wearing his parallax costume. You know, I'm also looking at a a promo shot for uh, Forever Evil that has the villains about to, like, they're running 
towards the crime syndicate. Like, both groups are about to fight. And, again, um, Sinestro in Parallax uniform. <clears throat> it's the big, like, that it's the big is... one that says evil is relative in the middle. Yeah, the, it's probably been everywhere. Everyone's seen that one oh. by now, right? Okay. Uh, another thing I was going to mention, which doesn't really matter now, but <clears throat> whatever. Justice League 3000 number yeah. one. The creative team has changed because, quote, DC didn't like the way it was going. Yeah, now that, if originally it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be, um, um, the Keith Giffen and J.M. Dimitris. That's it. That's it. And, but and now Giffen is still writing it, but it's it's um, oh, what's his face? The guy who did um, did and McGuire was gonna do art. Yeah, the guy who did JLA with Morrison. I don't remember. I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'll be honest. Like I I'm kind of wanted to see because um. The artist they brought on to replace Maguire is the one that did those initial characters, character designs for this version of the League. So I was kind of, um, I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't going to be drawing the book, and now he is going to be drawing the book. But at the same time, I kind of lost my my uh, motivation to want to follow the book. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna turn into one of those where like, like. Once it trades out, if I've heard like great things, then I'll probably check it out. But I don't know. This this could have been like a good opportunity to just follow like like an alternate version of the DC universe all in one series kind of thing. That could would that could have been kind of fun. But you know. Well, well, I'm gonna read it because the green name's right now. But yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> all right. Uh. That's that's all. That's all of it for that. Um, now let's see. Light out begins. Green Lantern number twenty-four, part one. Relic arrives on Oa as this massive story kicks off. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, uh, let's see. Light out. We'll see lanterns die. Others change allegiances, and nothing will be the same ever again. Ever. And they had. They've said it so many times. They had to follow that up with, trust us, we mean it. <laughs> they just ended with, for real this time. <laughs> Basically. Uh, also, Green Lantern Core 24, Green Lantern New Guardians 24, Larfleeze number four, which I don't think is a tie-in, um, and Lantern, Red Lantern's number 24. The only thing of note to mention here is on uh, Green Lantern Guardians number 24, the life entity... As well as it looks like all of the rest of the entities, maybe. No, that's uh, <coughs> I know. orange, green, blue, and squishy. Yeah, squishy's there. Yes. And the life entity, but uh, yeah, so that's cool. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, so, but I think isn't lights out beginning and ending that month? Yes, green uh, Green Lantern Annual number two lights out <laughs> finale. Uh, don't miss the stunning conclusion of Lights Out. Can Relic be defeated? Who lives, who dies? The new status quo for the Lanterns is revealed here. <laughs> awesome! New status quo just after the old status quo was reset. Well, I mean, it's been like five issues. I mean, right, you know, it's already gotten static and boring. Things are stale, Chad. That's that's right, we need a reboot. You know, I, I will say this, though. I I Don't give them any no, credit. No, 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 look, look. I, you know how I felt when I, when I heard, like, oh, there's a, another Green Lantern event coming already. 
when I found out that it was all gonna be over and done with in one month, I kind of like that. Like, I, like I've really liked the the way DC has been handling their event storylines in the new Fifty Two as just crossovers in existing books because then you get your whole like six issue story in like one or two months, right. which is why I kind of got got jostled and disappointed by um by Forever Evil because it's the the traditional like one issue a month and we have a bunch of six issue miniseries tying into it each of which are one issue a month and I'm like wait didn't we just spend two years perfecting doing it this other way and now we're going back to to this now that's that feels so slow now <laughs> why, why are we doing that yeah okay. they're also making another stupid decision over at DC DC Comics, the new 52 Villains Omnibus hardcover. On sale December 11th, 1,184 pages, full color, $150. All of the uh, <clears throat> Villains Month books, the 23-point whatevers, or whatever the hell you want to call it. Oh, Jesus. What? All, all of what? those in a single hardcover omnibus because you know you want it. They're all one-shot. Oh, well, I mean, hey, there you go. There you go. Nobody's publishing one-shots. DC's publishing 52 of them in that month. Hmm. Um, but this is, like, this is the same as their, um, like, uh, they, they did the same thing for all of the New 52 first issues. Hmm. And I, I guess that must have sold all right because they're doing it again. I don't know if they did it for all the zeros, but I guess they're doing it again now. The only omnibus DC has put out this side that I have bought is the 52 omnibus. Not the one with all the number one issues of the new 52. I'm talking about the 52 event. <clears throat> yeah, like Rip Hunter and Booster Gold yes. Story and Black Adam, all that. Yes, because I had never read it before and I got it, I got it that just because it made sense. So good. Yeah. It was so good. Eh, whatever. Uh, You're young. You don't know. <laughs> Green Lantern Corps Volume 3 Willpower Hardcover. Um, this is issues of Green Lantern Corps number 15 through number 20 and Green Lantern Corps annual number 1. Um, you guys know what they're about. We just covered them not long ago. Um, and for those of you who like Punishment, Green Lantern, uh, or not Green Lantern, Red Lanterns, Volume 3, the second Prophecy trade paperback. <laughs> Straight to trade paperback. That should tell you something, DC. <laughs> um, November 13th, 272 pages, uh, 20 bucks. Uh, after their brutal civil war, the Red Lanterns must band together against the threat of the Guardians of the Universe's latest weapon, the Third Army, and these tales from Red Lantern 0 and 13 through 20. I've lost all will to read any of the rest of that exclusive. <laughs> um, and there was one other DC thing I wanted to mention because it's Green Lantern really kind of. Another DC omnibus. $75 this time. Hardcover. 728 pages. Just imagine Stan Lee creating the DC universe. Um, all of those books where basically DC said, hey, if you created our character, so-and-so, what would you do? And it was like a prestige format one-issue book. Um, so just imagine Stanley's startlingly different visions of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, The Sandman, The Justice League of America, and more, including Green Lantern. Um, so dozens of top comic artists. So let me see. Written by Stan Lee. 
Art five. Let me see if I can remember uh, if I recognize some of these people. Okay, Jim Lee, Dave Gibbons, Gary Frank, Joe Kubert, John Buscema, Kyle Baker, John Byrne, Kevin McGuire, Walter Simonson, uh, Darwin ne- Cook. Never, never heard of them. <laughs> and covered by some guy named uh, Adam Hughes. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a hack to me. <laughs> Seventy-five bucks if you guys are interested. I I liked a lot of those. I don't know about you. I don't. Know, did you just read the Green Lantern one? Because I did it first, and then I went back and found some like in dollar bins and picked them up anyways. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've read a couple of the others. Like, I I it's one of those I can't remember if I read it or if I just know about it. Like, yeah. But it's a weird thing to be collecting now. I think. I guess, but this is going to sound super morbid, but I think it's Stan, because Stanley's getting old. Oh, they're not going to do that. When, look, when that man dies, there are going to be ultimate collections of everything out the ass. <laughs> it will be insane. I, I'm, and I'm, I want the guy to live as long as the natural life oh, as he oh, can. Of course, of course. But, but yeah, no, when Stanley eventually does go, there's we're going to see... We're going to see amazing things collected and solicited. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, another indie pick. I mentioned it earlier. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villain micro series number seven, Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, fan favorite villain Bebop and Rocksteady smashed their way into comics, three ninety nine. Uh, written by Ben Bates, Dustin Weaver, art by Ben Bates, cover by Tyler Walpole. Whatever. Are they... Is this a joint issue, or do they each get their own? Joint issue. Um, let me see. Uh, the IDW debut of these powerful villains has arrived. The routine life of street level goon of a street level goon can get dull. So when opportunity presents itself, these two won't let it pass them by. But as they are about to learn the hard way, there's more to being a successful mutant menace than just strength. Don't miss this bone shattering issue that sets the stage for the final showdown in City Fall. I guess that's something going on in, in uh, TMNT comics right now. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, awesome. Uh, actually, um, Rocksteady I was one of the first action figures I remember owning as a kid. Oh, God, yeah. So, Me too. Plastic plastic Rocksteady. Uh, so, yeah, he was bulky and barely had any articulation, but he was cool. Uh, yeah, and plus he's a, he's a, rhino, a rhinoceros wearing military fatigues. How could you go wrong? We need to put him up against Black Lantern uh, slash Indigo Lantern John Stewart. Always. <laughs> they probably serve together. Probably. Um, I'm just going to do my Marvel pick now because it's in front of me while I'm pull, uh, pouring through the rest of this previews. Um, Marvel pick, and I've made it a pick before, but just because they're reprinting it and I didn't see anything else from Marvel I wanted because... Uh, Amazing X-Men isn't out yet. Um, Thor, the Mighty Avengers. Uh, Thor and the Mighty Avengers. Okay, that's what that is. Um, Basically, uh, Dan and I are both big fans of this. It collects Thor, the Mighty Avenger, number three, four, five, eight, and the free comic book day 2011 Captain America and Thor by the same creative team. Um, Basically, it just pits Thor. These are the issues pit Thor with other characters, such as if I'm remembering because I have a complete trade, um, Namor, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Wasp, and Captain America. And may, I might be missing out on somebody. Who else did he team up with? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, but those, those, those few for sure. Now, 
while the Thor the Mighty Avenger kids book comic had like a, a continuous story that did tie together throughout all the issues, each issue could work as its own standalone. Um, oh, yeah. So this this is actually fairly cool. A nice little gimmick considering the Thor Dark World movies coming out. And there's a whole bunch of Thor stuff in this Marvel previews anyways. Um, but uh, this is, I guess it's essentially going to be like a, a prestige format comic book, but not necessarily prestige format cover. It's just going to be like a really thick issue. Um, kind of, I guess kind of like the um, um, Green Lantern number 20 was. Like a really big issue for 80 bucks. That's got all those yeah. issues in it. So yeah, it's if you missed it the first time around, don't really want to get the trade uh, of the original series, then just get this and give it to your kids. See if you like it. I love it. I think it, it, it's uh, when when people ask me about comics for kids because there's not a whole lot out there. My my literally the first one I go to is Thor and the Mighty Avengers, or Thor and the Mighty Avenger. Oh yeah, it 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 works for absolutely any age group. Mm. You'll all enjoy it. It's it's just great comics. Mm-hmm. It's like that. There, there's so many people when this was still coming out, like they were crying out that this should be the monthly Thor comic, mm-hmm. just because of how great it is. Speaking of Thor, I might actually start getting God of Thunder in trade, mm-hmm. but don't tell more. I've, I won't. They, don't worry. Nobody listens. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see what else I've got for you guys. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, this is cool. Um, yeah, I know it's kind of stupid, maybe for some of you. I'm a big Game of Thrones guy. Uh, not the books, the TV show. Um, although I, maybe we'll read the book at some point, uh, the books rather. Um, a 4D cityscape Game of Thrones Westeros puzzle. What the hell? Did, oh, I get it. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? But I know what those are. Yeah, it's a guide to Westeros. It's a 3D puzzle, or 4D puzzle, sorry. Um, the first layer is a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle that will teach you all the various locations and regions of Westeros. The second layer is an artistic 20-piece plus 20-plus uh, piece jigsaw puzzle that, once assembled, replicates the current landscape based on the famous locations of the series. And the third layer adds 3D miniature replica that you insert into the puzzle, including famous cities and castles such as King's Landing, Winterfell, the Eyrie, the Wall, and more. So it's basically a, a map of Westeros that's um, in three dimensions, four dimensions, whatever. Nice. It's pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm not much of a puzzle guy, but I am really big into Game of Thrones. One of the coolest things about Game of Thrones is the opening title sequence, and it's just a map. <laughs> so, I mean, even though this isn't like a like a gear a, a gear puzzle that you can twist to have cities rise up out of the puzzle, which would be freaking epic, um, <laughs> this is pretty close. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, listen. Hook it up. I'll hook it up to my cosmic cube. We'll see what happens. You know, honestly, puzzles and game and board games are so expensive. I'm actually surprised that something like this is only fifty bucks. So, yeah. um, let's see what else I got here. Uh, Green Lantern related. There's not a whole lot. Um, the Domo 16 and one half inch plushies um, have been resolicited. Uh, please inquire uh, price point. There's Batman, Superman, uh, Flash, and Green Lantern suited Domos. Um, so there's that. Uh, oh, um, the Justice League. Uh, there's another puzzle. DC Comics Justice League 1,000 piece jigsaw puzzle. 16 bucks, 20 by 27 inches. Um, I can't describe it. There's 
uh, maybe if you Google Justice League image, Dan, there's a really popular Justice League image, one of my favorites, actually. It's got um, Black Canary, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, uh, Red Tornado, Hawk Girl, Red Arrow, uh, Black Lightning. Did I already say that? Uh, and uh, what's her name? Well, John Stewart's girlfriend, not Hawk Girl. The other one. Vixen. Um, Vixen. Is it the one where they're all sitting... Like and there's like the portraits of the other leads. No, this is the one where they're all oh. rushing towards the camera, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, and like the rainbow kind of things behind. Yeah, them. with different past incarnations uh, and art styles. Of yes, the yes. That was like a either a foldout cover or like a like a connecting cover thing from uh, the Brad Meltzer Justice League. Okay, yeah, that image in a puzzle, one thousand pieces, sixteen bucks. Nice. And I really like that image, so I might I might actually get that at some point. Um, additionally, uh, DC Heroes 12-ounce coffee mugs. Uh, it's a set of four for 14 bucks. One is, oddly enough, Batgirl. Uh, the other <laughs> is Flash, uh, and the other is Green Lantern. So one side has their symbol on it, uh, or their logo for in the case of Batgirl. And the other side has, like, uh, a profile, uh, not a profile, but a, a, a image of their face. And the other is a Justice League mug, which has, looks like Green Lantern, Flash, Batman, Green Arrow, Superman, and Aquaman. Uh, let's see. One other thing. DC Heroes figural key rings for five bucks a piece. It's a PVC figure. They are, does it tell me a size? No, it doesn't. Uh, Keychain plastic figurines of, uh, of characters, one is Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern. Uh, and while we're at it, since I'm a big fan of this TV series, and uh, I know Dan is too, I have the whole series on uh, DVD, um, but Batman Beyond. Oh, yes. Uh, pop violation figures, there's actually going to be a Batman Beyond one. Oh, man. Yeah, Batman. It's the it's the first pop vinyl figure I've wanted. <laughs> it's, it's it's a Batman Beyond one. You gotta pull it up. It's pretty cool looking. It's super simple, but it's so cool. And it's <clears throat> it's listed alongside of a, a Nightwing one. Nice. You see it yet? Uh, yet. Oh God, the first thing that came up was the uh the the. Uh... Pop vinyl Adam West Batman that they're doing. <laughs> DC Comics playing card. Play your favorite card game with these official DC Comics playing card decks. Choose from Batman, Joker, Superman, or Green Lantern decks. Mm. Playing cards, uh, $5.99. I don't know if that's per package or what, but um, yeah. Per, per card. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's I don't know I can't, I can't tell because it the the image that they're soliciting in previews it looks like it's using art from the DC um, role playing card game so I don't know if this is the same cards just in specific packs or ah! I'm sorry I just saw the Batman Beyond figure it's pretty cool he's so he's so angry <laughs> he's pretty badass isn't he yeah. you know the only thing that would make it cooler. If he had the little the red wings no, under him? No. Oh. Do you remember the episode where they were given an egg to watch over? 
Oh and God, yes. Said, and, and there was one. There was a scene where someone dropped the egg. Batman, uh, Terry flew up and caught it, and then stuck his tongue out. Yes. If Terry was making that face in the pop bottle, if it was like a variant, I would buy that up in a heartbeat. <laughs> they could, like, could put the egg in his hand or something too. It was, oh my God. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, that's the, those are the playing cards, uh, and there might be a couple more things. Um, only because, and not even Dan knows this, <gasps> there's a girl in my life, kind of. <gasps> kind of. Um, it's, it's, what, it's, what, will, what will your boyfriend Tim Seeley think? Oh, shut up. Uh, uh, and it's extremely, extremely complicated. I don't want to get into it. We're not actually together or anything, but there's... Uh, whatever sparks out of uh, that I, I i share way too much of my personal life with random strangers anyway so i figured i'd let you guys know you're, you're re- growing up chad the reason i bring it up is because i took her to my lcs and you know kind of she's she's already a geek in her own right she's more into manga than i am uh or i've never been into it never really read it i don't have anything against it it's just not my thing but i took her to my lcs and the guys there that i know mentioned something to her so she tried out the first volume and the, uh, she loved it. So apparently, this is a super good thing. Uh, and just happened to be the day that I picked up this issue of previews. So it was funny. She picks up this one volume of a, uh, a manga, reads it, loves it. And in the same day that, that she picked that up, that I picked up this previews, in this previews is solicited... There are only three volumes of this manga. It's called, and forgive my pronunciation, again, I'm not in a manga, Uzumaki. Um, it's basically a horror manga book that's been super popular for a long time. There are only three volumes. I think those even those three volumes are out of print now. But it's been resolicited as a deluxe hardcover, all three volumes in one. And, hmm. and apparently it's been out of print for a long time. So all three Uzumaki manga uh, volumes in a hardcover, 648 pages for 27, 28 bucks. And apparently, apparently they're putting the original volumes back into print uh, for individual purchase, ten bucks a piece. Hmm. But yeah, it was kind of it was kind of odd that the one manga that she picked up that they suggested that they said was out of print. And she happened to love was resolicited in the same previews I picked up that day that I'd never heard of <laughs> as a full full volume. So, yeah. It's a sign, Chad. Get married. <laughs> yeah. Um, now a, a, a couple of other things before I get into the return of a segment you guys have all missed. I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> I said I've been getting into in, into geek comic books uh, or geeky DVDs. One of my favorite shows as a kid is now coming to DVD, season one. And I hate, I hate, I I hate so much when people do this. But regardless, season one, volume one, season one, volume two, season one, volume three. Yeah. Each of those twenty four ninety five, and then season two all together twenty <laughs> twenty four ninety five. Awesome. The TV show. Sorry, Inspector Gadget. Nice. And if James can enter the theme song, that would just make the whole episode because I love that freak. 
show and the theme song is so catchy go gadget go da-da. sorry <laughs> you you want james to put a lot of music in this uh, one don't you i'm sorry crash peeling <laughs> back the curtain skype has crashed on me and dan about 40 different times already so james has had to piecemeal this entire thing together so him having to enter volume audio from other places is ridiculous on him so if it doesn't happen whatever but the only reason I mentioned putting that theme song is is because I swear to God I haven't seen an episode of Inspector Gadget since I was a kid, and I still remember the theme song word for word, tune for tune. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Love that show. Um, so that's coming out uh, each season. I guess there was only two seasons. Oh well, God, I don't know. Would that make? Sense? I haven't seen it since I was like nine. <laughs> Would that make sense then? Why all, season two is the same price as only season one, volume one? I don't Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. The, the seasons were so long back then yeah. that a two-season show would have had the same runtime as a four-season show today. Right. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, another thing that's coming out, is, speaking of Blu-rays, Arrow, the complete first season on Blu-ray, uh, $69.97, uh, just DVD, it's fifty-nine <laughs> ninety-eight. I love Arrow. It's so good. Yes. Uh, hey, what do you think of the fact that uh, they're going to introduce Barry Allen into Arrow? We'll get to that, so we don't end on a on a on a Larfley's report. Okay, yeah, okay. I want to end on a Larfley's report. We did that. We've done that too many times, and it's kind of a down note. Um, <laughs> another thing they're bringing back that I've had trouble finding because if you try and buy, if you go on Amazon or on uh, eBay, you will pay ridiculous prices to get this stuff on DVD. Forgive me, and this isn't really so much part of my childhood, because when this came out, I was already in uh, 8th grade, ninth grade, I don't know. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! The complete first season. Oh, jeez. Uh, my, little, my little brother loved that. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! The complete first season. I, I caught up in it. The only reason I was watching it was, one, it was Saturday morning. I wasn't very popular. So, oh. so you know, I'll watch Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons. But at the same time, there was this whole Egyptian thing that kind of caught my attention because I was in the mythology at the time. So mm. so the Egyptian side of that thing uh, really caught in, you know, got me caught up in it because I wanted to learn more. I like, I didn't, really, I like the monsters and stuff. That was cool. But the entire time I was thinking, what the hell is this like Pharaoh come from? Give me the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> so the complete first season DVD is $44.95. Season, or you can go season one, volume one, $24.95 and the same price for season one, volume two. So, it's been a while since Yu-Gi-Oh! has been out on DVD. Um, because if you try and look for the complete set, you'll spend ridiculous <clears throat> amounts of money, and God knows if you'll get a DVD that's put to play on an American DVD player. Um, but whatever. And speaking of Big Bang Theory, Big Bang Theory Season 6, Blu-ray and DVD, $54.97, and DVD, $44.98. But no, that's that. Um, now, I'm sure you've all been missing it, it's time for the ridiculous duo. And duo, 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 and duo. We'll we'll start off with the with the eh, the kind of these crap. better be good. No, no, no. These better be good. This first one kind of sucks. I was actually kind of uh, I was actually going to substitute this first one for the uh, villains one shot omnibus, but you know whatever. For those of you who are obsessed with memes. One has become so incredibly cop- popular that they made a plushie out of it. Grumpy Cat. 
the what? 11, the 11-inch Grumpy Cat plush for 22 bucks. Tartar sauce, better known to users of Tumblr and Facebook as Grumpy Cat, is a genuine sensation. This dwarf cat's downturned face comments on everything from politics to Game of Thrones, and now you can have a grumpy cat of your own with the official Grumpy Cat 11-inch plush. Jesus, that thing's name is Tartar Sauce? <laughs> Apparently, and it's not Tartar with, a, with two Ts. It's T-A-R-D-E-R Sauce. Oh, well, that that's, makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> God. You know what's terrible? I Google image searched Grumpy Cat 11-inch plush toy. I came up with like 25 different kinds, so I don't know which one is the real one. <laughs> um, it's... Uh, it's... I don't know. I, I can't even describe it. Whatever. Yeah, God. so 20, $21.99. If you guys really love memes, get yourself a Grumpy Cat plush. Now... How many will you be getting? <laughs> Negative three. Oh. <laughs> Everyone I see, I shall destroy it. <laughs> and I can think of three people I know who might possibly get it. It'll burn. Okay. Um, don't know who puts this out because I tore this page out of previews. It's because you couldn't bear to have it with the rest of the catalog. <laughs> it might, tainting it. it. It might be Rebellion slash 2000 AD publishers. I don't I don't know. Eh, whatever. Um, uh, let's see. Okay, so this is a Mature Themes soft cover book for that's got 128 pages, full color for 17 bucks by someone named Al Ewing and Harry Flint. It's called Zombo. <laughs> you smell of crime, and I'm the deodorant. What? <laughs> There's more. When the government's latest crime determined, Abmaz, I guess that's Zombo spelled backwards, goes completely off the rails and starts to destroy, destroy with a Y-E at the end, everything from the underfunded super team Planetronics to the president himself, who you gonna call? Not Zombo, because he's dead, and not in a zombie type of dead way, but in a brain melted by laser kind of way. Now the only thing standing between mankind and total annihilation is a male stripper and a well-padded pair of underpants. See, a lot of that sounded semi-plausible until you got to the male stripper and semi and well-padded pair of underpants. <laughs> it didn't sound like that ridiculous of a concept until you got to that point. <laughs> Listen, tell the truth. This is exactly the kind of thing you would like to read while snuggling up to your... Your angry cat, grumpy cat, pludgy. No. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. 100%. <laughs> Just look. You smell of crime and I'm deodorant. <laughs> that is a pretty good catchphrase, though. I like that. I'm going to say that to people. <laughs> just on just on the bus just randomly. <laughs> yeah. I don't ride the bus, so yeah. <laughs> I'll just walk on yell it and then walk off <laughs> um so yeah that's that's that nice yeah so the return of the ridiculous duo was kind of ridiculous but hey what do you expect yeah hey i want to throw in something it's it's not from the same month's previews but i found it <clears throat> and i finally remembered it 
So I'm going to throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the We talked about battery props. They solicited the uh, violet battery uh, prop. And the reason I bring it up is because it's supposed to come out in February mm-hmm. for Valentine's Day. It won't. But that was their goal, and I thought that was neat. Tell them why I hate it. Um, because you hate love? Look at the design for the power battery. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't look like the comics. It's just like a re- it's just a repaint of the standard. Yes. Yeah. I hate that. If you're going to make the power batteries, make them comic accurate, because I swear to God... Every uh, all the rest of those batteries are essentially the same one. The only ones that are different, other than handle, is violet and indigo. Yeah, it irritates the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, red is a little different, but essentially all you have to do is take off one piece of a standard battery and replace the handle. For red, that's all you really got to do for red. So, I understand. And not a lot of people are going to be buying violet and indigo power batteries. So maybe coming up with a design specifically unique to those particular power batteries is a waste of resources and production and blah, blah, blah. I get it from a business standpoint. I understand it's completely implausible that they do that. But at the same time, I want a comic-accurate spectrum of power batteries. <laughs> and that <laughs> includes a giant indigo staff, and an elongated violet power battery. This irritates the hell out of me. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So let's finish out with some more comic talk. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting on you to rebring it up since it was your question originally. Oh, hey, you like Arrow? You right? Okay, yeah, I love Arrow. What do you think about the fact that they're introducing Barry Allen on Ar- into Arrow, I think in season two, I guess, t- to ideally spin him off into a Flash series that's in the same universe? I like it. Although, the reason I like it is probably different from everyone else's reason. Um, I can't get on... Because of my connection, I can't get on the internet while I'm on Skype, so if you'll pull up Season 2 news for Arrow, there's other news about the characters that will be showing up in Season 2. The list of characters that will be showing up in Season 2 doesn't interest me because I have no idea who they are. Uh, I guess one of them is called Tiger or something like that. I don't don't know. Whatever. Um, I have no idea who they are. I mean... Granted, I had no idea who Shadow, or Shadow, whatever her name is, was in Arrow. Apparently, that's an existing comic character. I had no idea, um, but I liked her. So, it doesn't really bother me that there will be a character I didn't know. But at the same time, Season 1, Deadshot and Deathstroke. I know who they are. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but but the, the list of characters that will be showing up in Season 2 that were announced... and. Up until the point that Barry Allen was uh, announced, I had no idea. So the reason I'm excited is, one, we're getting Flash live action, which I've been wanting for a while. And two, it's a secondary character I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I, really, I, really want, I really want to see it. Um, supposedly it is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Episodes 8, 9, and 
20? I'd heard something like that. I know 8 and 9 are absolutely correct. It's 20-ish, right around there. Uh, those are the episodes that uh, Barry Allen will be appearing in. Supposedly, 8 and 9 are Barry Allen appearances. They are not Flash appearances. Uh, so the character of Barry Allen will be introduced, and final appearance in that season of Barry Allen will be kind of like a jumping on point slash origin story for Barry Allen as Flash. Um, I think that's cool. I think since you've already got kind of a crime drama going on, you're focusing on um, Laurel's father as a detective and all that kind of stuff, Starling, uh, Starling PD and uh, all that stuff. Going on, I think that's cool. It's a cool, it's a cool uh, twist to it. You know, Barry Allen's a forensic scientist, so it would, it would fit in nicely. I think that's that's awesome. Um, I like the idea of playing it cool, not just going straight balls to the wall. Lightning, you know, lightning hits the bank of chemicals, and the first time you ever see this dude, I, I, I like the idea of slowly introducing the character. That's cool. Um, spinning his own series. Cool. Because about six months ago, I was in Best Buy and saw the original Flash series from 1990 for literally ten dollars. Uh, complete series on uh, on sale on DVD at Best Buy. Picked it up. I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but I've watched the first couple of episodes. And once you can get get past the point of first time seeing a TV show made in 1990, <laughs> once you get over that, well, that's cheesy looking kind of mentality. You go. Actually, kind of works. Why don't we have this now? That's what I was thinking when I started watching those episodes of the original '90s series for the first time. Like this, why did this get canceled? It kind of works. So, after just thinking that not too recently, and suddenly hearing, "Hey, we're getting actually a Flash TV series, possibly." Awesome! <laughs> I would love to see that. So, what about you? What do you think of it? I like. Well, I like. I grew up on that first flash tv series so i'm i really like the idea of them getting another one and i think the reason it didn't last was it by the time it got to like actual like flash villains the show had already kind of like lost too much steam and too much too many ratings i mean they had they had mark hamill playing the trickster on this show i haven't gotten there just, yet it just came too late i think there's a captain cold episode too they just they came too late you know yeah but i like this like I went as the Flash for ho- for Halloween one year because of this show. Like it was it was great, you know. After ba- after the Batman movies, that was like the cl- the the only other like live action superhero thing I could find, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm really curious to see. Like I I haven't watched Arrow. I just hear good things from people who do. I'm. It's a really interesting move that I didn't expect to see to have them try and kind of build this shared universe of TV shows on this network. Like, I know networks have done this before with other stuff, you know, Buffy and Angel, that kind of thing. But this is a really surprising move. Mm -hmm. And, like, I I don't know if, like... Because, like, they've been talking about making a Flash movie forever, so I don't know if this takes that off the table or what but you know i that's i like the fact that they're trying stuff mm-hmm. and um uh, the only negative i'll say about it is that uh the 
granted, he is chief creative officer, and when it comes to these types of announcements, he's the one going to be making them for the most part. Still, it kind of sounds like Jeff Johns has a big involvement in it. I don't want that. You don't want him to be involved? I don't. It's not that I don't want him to be involved. It's just I don't want him to have a super big role in it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think, and I might, I might be strung up by my heels for this, but <laughs> I think Jeff Johns' involvement is kind of what killed the Green Lantern movie a little bit. I don't know about that. I, mm, whatever. No, I just because I know, like, like by the time DC Entertainment became a thing, Green Lantern was already basically done. Uh, I guess, I guess, but uh. I mean, when I look, when I think about Jeff Johns' influence on TV, I think of the episodes of Smallville that he wrote, um, and those were always like the most fun, you know. Legion um, and JSA and one or two yeah. others. I th- I think he did a Booster Gold and Blue Beetle yes, episode he did, too. He did do Booster Gold. And Blue. I, I have all. I have uh, season <laughs> one through ten of uh, of Smallville on on DVD. So yeah. Yeah. And like, but it's like for me, like, like Jeff Johns is the guy that makes sure the comic stuff makes it into the TV show. You know, like, mm-hmm. like that JSA episode. Like, there, yeah, there's stuff that didn't work because they had a TV show budget, mm-hmm. and like some stuff was cheesier in live action than on the screen uh, than uh, on the page. Man's <laughs> costume. God, yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, I I feel like we get a certain amount of 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 faithfulness and and love of this stuff from like from when he gets involved and like that's that tends to be a good thing. Yeah, I guess. Uh it's just I don't know, I kind of uh on on the one hand Jeff has a very specific love for DC characters and a great knowledge of their history and continuity. The only problem, uh, the only problem that I have with it is, I don't know if I want a literal page-to-screen representation on the TV show. It would be cool to see, kind of, kind of like Arrow. I want to. Arrow does a lot of things differently, but there are still moments where you go, hey, that's kind of like the comic book. Smallville never really kind of had that. I mean, there were, there were kind of maybe moments here and there, but Arrow, there's like, well, that's exactly like the comic book, and then the rest of it was like, well, this is a total departure, or, you know, it's kind of got the theme, the kind of, kind of the same uh, feel as Longbow Hunters or something like that, but at the same time, there was still enough of a, of a departure, but I, I don't... I want it to be like Arrow, essentially. I mean, Smallville mm-hmm. was great uh, every other season <laughs> and every uh, every five or seven episodes or something like that. God, but but Arrow has just been. I mean, there's a couple of ones where you're just like, yeah, that was pretty good, and and most of them you're just like, it was amazing. But for the most part, Arrow has been just gangbusters the entire time, and it's been. Uh, I mean, it, it's not all special effects heavy or anything. It's just too cool. And I, I want that same kind of feel for, um, 
for for a Flash TV series. And it could be like just because he's a forensic scientist, it could be a crime drama. That, yeah, and it would work. I don't see why not. I think there's that fear that we're gonna get like, like, like the the teen soap opera version of what the Flash could be. Mm-hmm. But I, again, I haven't seen Arrow, so I don't know if, like how Smallville ish it is. Yeah. So you haven't I don't seen know. any of Arrow? I have not. No. Oh, Arrow is so good. I mean, it's it's. I will take it is better than the entire series of Smallville. Hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I, and I have all 10, for, for those of you who aren't aware, I have all 10 seasons of Smallville, and I swear to God I've seen the entire series at least 10 times from start to finish since I had completed the collection. And before that, I would have marathons of just watching all Smallville. I don't. It's not that I particularly love the show. It's just something about Smallville sucks me in. I don't know. It's like a guilty pleasure. Whatever. And I really don't want to end this show on a sour note. But before I do, I do want to say the only reason I want Jeff Johns, the only th- reason I would accept Jeff Johns being involved in a Flash TV series is because if Jeff Johns has a love for any DC character more than Green Lantern, it's Flash. Oh yeah. So that that might work to its benefit. Now. Maybe Dan has one other subject, so we don't end on a negative note, but we mentioned Smallville. For those of you not aware, Lee Thompson Young has died. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I saw this today. Okay, yeah. Lee Thompson Young, uh, 29. Um, it's rumored that it was a self-inflicted gunshot. Uh, I don't want to get into speculation because that's Hollywood. And uh, that's uh, if, if it's true, there's a lot that goes into that kind of stuff, and I don't want to even open that door. Um, but Lee, Lee Thompson Young was cyborg on the Smallville TV series when he showed up as that character. Um, he was also on, uh, on a lot of, uh, other shows. Um, uh, he, uh, he was on a Disney show. There was some like secret agent show, I think on Disney a long time ago. I remember seeing him on because when I, when he showed up on Smallville, that's where I recognized him from. Um, it's like some secret agent thing for. Uh, oh, there we go. I'm scrolling through uh, uh, Google News. Uh, the famous Jet Jackson. He was uh, an actor or something who was actually a secret agent. Anyways, he was cyborg uh, on uh, Smallville. The reason that's significant to me is because of the DC characters other than Green Arrow that Smallville introduced, uh, Justice League wise, you had you know Aquaman, Zatanna. Um, uh, Flash and Cyborg and a, a couple of others outside of the actual JSA. Uh, Black Canary showed up at one point. Of those outside of Green Arrow, I think Cyborg's backstory was the most compelling. That episode was pretty cool. I don't know, Dan, if you remember watching that one. I, I remember seeing like a bit of it. Like I remember seeing that moment where uh, where Clark x-rayed him and you saw like like where like this the classic cyborg parts were inside of him mm-hmm. I, I that sticks in my head for some reason like i thought that was awesome right uh basically it was part of uh some of lex's 33.1 experience uh, experiments or the the experiments leading up into 33.1 um uh and, and for those of you who watch smallville you know what i'm talking about i'm not going to describe it here 
Um, Victor was in a terrible, terrible car crash with his family. Everyone died. He thought he was going to die with them. The next thing he knows, he's waking up to a bunch of LexCore scientists poking and prodding him and uh, fitting him with all this this hardware. And he remembers the crash. Uh, he's got a girlfriend. And um, she doesn't even know if he's alive or dead. She thinks he's dead. She doesn't know he's alive. So there's And there's this whole kind of drama, as there always was, happening between Clark and Lana at the time. Uh, so you know them try them working together to get victor and his girlfriend back together and there was this whole there was there was more backstory and emotion in victor stone's story than there was with say bart allen uh than there was with ac uh as uh <laughs> arthur curry and, and you know uh, there was there was more story there rather than just you know hey cool here's a justice league villain sh- or a justice league member showing up in our show again it just seemed like a more natural flow to to the to the story that Smallville was telling, and I remember thinking that that Lee Thompson Young was was uh, was acting the part of Cyborg very well. It's the first time I've actually because I've never had any special love for Cyborg. Who has really outside of Teen Titans fans? I mean, he's, yeah, I was gonna say people who grew up watching Teen Titans Go probably. Yeah, I mean, I, as far as the character goes, I don't <laughs> think anybody other than that experience. I don't think anyone's ever been like, "Hey, Cyborg's my favorite character." He's not really that compelling of a character, but when I saw him on Smallville, I was like, "This dude's cool. I really like this this character, and I want to see him again." And when he showed up again on the um, uh, Justice League episode, not the JSA episode, but the one where they finally all teamed up again and took out a LexCorp plant, that when he showed up again there, he worked well with the team. It was just really it, it flowed very well. So I just wanted to we mentioned Smallville, and this is uh, recent news, so. Yeah. No. <sighs> is that it? I, mean, is that, I guess that's it. I mean, we ended on a, on a sour note, but... Uh, I know, you kept saying, hey, I want on a sour note, and then you just kept getting drearier and drearier. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, I don't know, nothing else is going on. I'm about to go... I'm going to Dragon Con in a week, or as people hear this, I'm... At Dragon Con, or possibly home from it. <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Um, you know, I've I've stopped trying to really plan out these things too extensively. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna kind of kind of wander around. I know there's a panel with uh, the two main voice actors from the Walking Dead game that I just finished. So I've, I'm interested to check that out. But basically, I'm going there. I'm going to be staying with John and Rachel. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to kind of hang out and take it easy for a week. Just play it by ear, do whatever. One thing you'll have to report back on is everyone talks about how, like, cosplay-heavy this show is. But the talk about how cosplay-heavy the show is and how awesome it is has kind of outweighed all the talk about how the con itself is. Yeah. So you'll have, in my mind, so you might want to come back and let other people know what the rest of that show is about, <laughs> other than just <laughs> cosplay awesomeness. <laughs> I will, I will, and like I'll, I'll be like I'll, I'll be basically having like the New York Comic Con as my baseline comparison for this thing. So it sh- it should it should give you a good idea. Right, I gotcha. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's awesome. Yeah. God, I should get ready for this trip. <laughs> if I fly out in a week, I should start like getting stuff together. You should uh, say hi to Shag. He's always there. 
Oh, he's out in Atlanta. No, he goes up to Dragon Con all the time. Uh, there's a, he he's well, one of the photographers for all of the uh, the cosplay people when they get up and you know they do like Justice League shots and Avengers shots and oh, okay. you know you know all those big massive cosplay gathering photos that come out of Dragon Con. Yeah, yeah, they always do them on like it's big outdoor staircase that kind of thing. Yep, uh, Shag is one of the photographers that does that. I'll just, I'll, like, go to a balcony and just yell, Firestorm fan! And just wait for somebody to <laughs> look up. Yeah, yeah. so he's out there, so you might want to say hey to him. I will. When I find him in the ten trillion people, I will I will say hi to him. You should uh, have, have him record an impromptu fire, fire water episode with you as a co-host since uh, Robert, uh, since Rob lost stars. <laughs> just go up nice. to him and say, hey, you owe us. <laughs> hey, you're the good one. You're the good one now. That other guy, that water guy, just dumped our recording. <laughs> it was too loud in that stairwell. <laughs> it's like, it's like Shag, are you Shag? Listen, some toddler named Chad Bolkelman told me to find you. Ha ha, ha ha. Listen, you can't get mad at me if it's their joke. Yeah, whatever. I actually... <laughs> <laughs> what I want to do is I want to go back to because I re, I appeared on the episode where they had the Phantom Stranger and then after that point is where they made the young joke, so I want to go back to the episode right after the Phantom Stranger episode where I was guest host, and listen to all episodes again after that point, count how many times they make the Chad is young joke, and then send them a mass email with as many jokes about their age and being old as there was about me being young. <laughs> you should do it. That's that's very creepy. <laughs> I want to make sure I want to make sure it's even. So like, you know, who initiated the joke? Was it Shag or Rob? And then make sure I make those same amount of jokes to the same people. So so the scales Jesus are balanced. <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? A diabolical <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like, I'll find him. I'll be like, look, I think Chad's going to kill you guys. <laughs> you should really move. <laughs> if anybody needs to be, if any of you can be concerned about anybody who listens to that show, it's Frank. Yeah, well, he's 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 busy. He's he's personally responsible for every blog on the internet, so he's, he's busy. Yeah. Speaking of blogs, you have one. So do you. Yeah, well, you have, like, two of them. One that goes on uh, constantly. Look, okay, I mentioned Core Conjecture at the, uh, the where Dan did, actually, at the beginning of the show, uh, middle midway through the show, whatever. I, I don't really feel <laughs> like putting up a post about this because whenever Core Conjecture goes on a little bit of a hiatus, I've, I've made posts like this in the past, and I don't want to do it again. So since the readership of Core Conjecture is kind of here on the show as well, I might as well say it. Since we're not reading the Lantern books right now, and since Jeff Johns is not necessarily a part of the Lantern universe anymore, and my enthusiasm for the Lantern books has kind of dwindled, I don't know what to do with Core Conjecture. It's, it's, it's specifically designed for Lantern theories and stuff. So unless I change the name, <laughs> I can't just make it a comic blog. Um, but I, I, I'm kind of using it for occasional posts and ideas, but for the most part, if I come up with a random idea or topic Green Lantern related, we're probably going to talk about it here. So I don't really want to use it as my secondary voice for Green Lantern related topics and stuff. So yeah, anyways, um, 
I don't know what to do with Cork Conjecture. It's not that I don't want to write and post on it. It's just I don't know what to write and post on it right now. And even if I did, it's not going to happen for a little bit because we're taking a hiatus from Lantern Books. Um, now, outside of that, the other blog I'm really excited about and I do enjoy is the Ragman Suit of Souls blog. So I do that. Uh, Ragman is not in the new 52 right now unless you count the Justice League 3000 upcoming Green Lantern thing. That's not. It just looks like him, kind of. That's not Ragman. <laughs> I mean, I am going to do a post about how he kind of looks like him at some point, but that's, that's of course. But I'm not going to actually cover the series. Um, I've already covered the 1976 original series by Cubert uh, and Kaniger. Um, that's been completely covered from issue one to issue uh, six. And yes, I said six. Yes, there are only five issues, but uh, the six uh, issue six cover was part of the DC Comics cavalcade. Um, oh, nice. Uh, I've I've co- I've covered the Batman uh, Braven uh, Braven the Bold number one ninety six. There's a crisis appearance, just kind of in the background. Um, there's a red tornado appearance, and uh, a color a couple of odds and ends here and there. After I get through with Crisis, I'm going into the very first Ragman miniseries starting in October of 1991. It was an eight-issue miniseries uh, where the whole, um, let's say, uh, origin of the Ragman suit kind of changed and became what you know it is. So that's going to be pretty exciting. And there might be an interview or two um, that I'm planning. So... Because uh, I, you know, I wish I could have talked to Mr. Kubert, but uh, obviously he's not—he's not with us anymore. So I have to 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 make do with what I can find. Um, Stop bringing us down. I'm sorry. Uh, God. Oh, fine. I'll just—I'll then I don't care. I mean, no, it's not like uh, fans of Ragman listen to this show, but just in case, Pat Broderick—he did the art on this uh, eight-issue series mini-series for Ragman in 1991. And uh, Pat Broderick is a very active social media person, so I'm going to reach out to him and try and get an interview and talk about uh, some Ragman, and maybe you'll hear Broderick on uh, LanternCast at some point, because he did have some uh, Lantern-related uh, stuff he did. So. And your blog, sir? My blog, Dan has a blog now, mm-hmm. .blogspot.com, is right now it's primarily me just kind of working my way through Doctor Who reviewing it episode by episode, starting with the Christopher Eccleston Doctor. Just because, like, I... I don't know. I needed to get myself creating some sort of content daily, and I really like Doctor Who, and I haven't watched most of these episodes at all since they first aired on the Sci-Fi Channel years ago. So, I figured, you know what? The 50th anniversary special and the Christmas special this year are coming up, and I... I, I did the math, the math, and you know, roughly, if I started when I started, I could like do the whole thing in time to be caught up for those things happening at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So I've just been kind of going through that. Some, it's I, I'm I'm doing like like five to seven episodes a week, and like posts. Po- yeah, you you know, I'm I'm used to thinking about podcasts, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm doing five to seven posts a week daily reviews on episodes i'm did the whole eccleson run i'm into the second david Tennant run where he's paired with martha jones and i'm even though i've seen all of these before i am finding so much in there i never saw the first time around some of it 
surprisingly good, some of it alarmingly disappointing. And I, I, you won't be able to guess which is which. I refuse so, to watch Doctor Who. Why do you refuse to be happy? I refuse to watch Doctor Who because of the history involved in Doctor Who. I know it's probably good, and I know people are like, we'll just start, start with Tenet or, or whatever. I don't want to start there. If I'm going to start with Doctor Who, I'm going to start with the very, very, very first Doctor Who. <laughs> you actually could. That's on DVD. I know. I'm just saying, if I <laughs> wanted to start, I would start at the very beginning. I wouldn't just start with a certain Doctor. You know, I know. I used to work with somebody who <clears throat> refused to go see the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie because they had never seen any Star Trek before and felt like they would have to go back to the original series, watch all of that, all of Next Generation, all of Voyager, all of Deep Space Nine, all of Enterprise, all of their all those movies, and then watch this one. And I told them, this th- no, this is designed as a jumping on point. You don't need to, it's even a different unit. You don't need to watch any of that stuff, but they didn't. They were completely wrong. Just like you're completely wrong right now. <laughs> like, there was no Doctor Who at all for, like, ten years until, like, the ninth Doctor came around, and that was designed as, like, okay, fresh start for everybody. All the continuity's still there, and they, like, reveal it in bits and pieces as you go. But, yeah. I watched too many shows already. Well, dump Arrow or something. No. Watch Doctor Who. <laughs> I've got Arrow, Game of Thrones, the new who, uh, Who's Line anyways. Who, whose Line Is It Anyways is back. I, was, that was I one did of, hear about that. That was one of my favorite TV shows ever. <laughs> I, I love that show. It's freaking hilarious. Um, and it's back now. Um, and uh, it's so, so good. Um, so Arrow, Whose Line, um, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, it's out, it's Big Bang Theory, uh, Sherlock, when BBC starts putting it out again, there's there's just there's just too much. So, you know, Sherlock is is uh, done by the guy responsible for some of this early Doctor Who stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll cave. You'll run out of stuff eventually. Uh, all right. All right. Well, I guess that's it for. Our- "Quote unquote comic talk <laughs> episode." Yeah, no, this is fine. Or what did you call it at the beginning? Uh, some Chad thing. I think we were on a bus. I don't remember. <laughs> we were on a Muppet movie bus, or sure. a double decker train. I can't remember. A double decker train bus subway. It's with, fine with Muppets. Yeah, <laughs> those are the best kind. So if you want to contact us. It's lanterncast at gmail.com. We all have our own individual uh, email addresses at Jim, Dan, Jason, Chad, or James at lanterncast.com. Um, uh, you can reach out to us by voicemail, which we haven't gotten any fairly recently, I don't think. So give just a ringing endorsement to leave us a voicemail. <laughs> at 708 Lantern, we'll get to him at some point. Uh, what? I was like, yes, just shake the, jostle the cobwebs off of our phone in the LanternCast World Headquarters. That's right. Uh, and what else? Oh, we're on uh, Stitcher. We're on iTunes. If you download us off of iTunes and you got, uh, got a minute, uh, leave us a review. Five stars or nothing. Uh, because that's all we want. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and uh, that would be awesome. Uh, we got uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, both of those occasionally updated from time to time. Uh, and uh, www.lanterncast.com. We have our gallery about us. Our episodes go up there, and you can uh, most importantly get to our forums from the website. God. I just got a picture in my head of our voicemail line being like an old, like a really old timey rotary phone in James's house. <laughs> it's like he spray painted it bright red just to to. To signify its importance. <laughs> uh, that was kind of funny. You laughed. <laughs> it's valid. It was a pity laugh. Sure. Should... Whatever. I'm the hi- I'm the highlight of your day. You should be pr- familiar with pity laughs. Women give them to you all the time, right? Oh, oh. God! Snap! Yeah, yeah. Get get back to me on uh, your manga friend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, super complicated. All right. <laughs> um, next time we'll have Jim back. So, guys, savor what you got this time. Yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever pieces of it make it through. <laughs> All right. Good night, y'all. Night.